This podcast is sponsored by Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Relaxing in a jacuzzi is the perfect way to keep calm and carry on. Hello and welcome to season four of Keep Calm and Carry On. Wow, can you believe it? We are heading into season four and boy, do we have a lineup of special guests for you. I'm so excited. We've had so much fun chatting to all these amazing people and hearing their stories. So what have you guys been up to? How have you been surviving? I mean, you know, we're back, we're out there. The theatres are open. Well, some of them anyway. I've been pretty busy myself. I've been doing a little movie musical closer than ever that will be out maybe in about a month's time, but I will tell you more about that later. So I am so excited. We have a new sponsor this season. I mean, some of you may have seen my Instagram posts of me chilling out in my jacuzzi, my hot tub. Oh, it's been amazing. I've loved every second of it. So we have a very new sponsor, very shiny, new, exciting sponsors, Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Honestly, I've had so much fun. I know it sounds very glamorous um, way to enjoy your garden, but I promise you, it's been the most fun and my kids have loved every second. And guess what? If you guys go and check out their website or give them a call up, if you're interested at all, quote Kerry on when you chat to them and they are going to donate to Acting for Others because that's just the kind of people that they are. And if you want to check out their website, it is www.bhtubs.co.uk or give them a call, check them out on Instagram. They are bhtubs on Instagram as well, so you'll find them there. So up this week, we have a real superstar. If you're an EastEnders fan, you're gonna know who she is. And also recently, I've just seen her in Hairspray, the musical, and she was so wonderful. I loved this chat so, so much. So I am so excited to introduce Rita Simmons. Rita! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It's so lovely to see you, especially with your new glamorous haircut, because you've been to the hairdressers. Hooray! I have been to the hair. It took so What's so funny is I finally, finally, I was like, do you know what? I've had long hair for 10,000 years, and I literally just went to him. Do you know what? Chop it off. Just chop it off. That's amazing. It's an, it's a, you know, I, some, I'm like, I tweeted it the other day. I'm 44. Looking amazing, by just, the way. Looking amazing. Thank you. I mean, I can't move my forehead. <laughs> but that's because you choose not to move your forehead. No, exactly. I just like to stay very still in the forehead area, and that's all it is. Um, and I just was like, just lob it off. And he did. He, he was really like, he's really, um, he, he's really, what's the word? He just goes yeah. for it. And doesn't worry about what I... Yeah, loving it, except I can't style it myself. We just had this conversation. Yeah, I got used to it. I was the same, though. I had hair down to my bum for ages, for abs- like my whole life. And then after about, the, about I don't know, five years ago, I just cut it all off and I've never looked back. Yeah, so there you go. Do you know, the only thing is it's nice to be able to like whack it up in a messy bun. And I can't and do that. As in, all my insecurities are showing now. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is me and my hair. Oh. <laughs> this is what you get. Anyway. anyway love, love, I mean, I love talking about hair and stuff. It's great. It's nice to be able to have those conversations, isn't it? Because, like, the last year, what have you been up to the last year? I mean, lockdown's been chaotic. You oh, were man. due to go on the hairspray um, show and perform. I think it was the yeah. Coliseum, wasn't it? Due to go to the Coliseum. Coliseum, yeah, and yeah. Then, 
So, oh God, right. So, cut to a year ago. Um, I mean, I've just spoken kind of publicly about a lot of this, so it, it sounds a bit dramatic, but but I was just coming on from like my 10,000th job in a row and straight into hairspray. And I mean, it's fine. It's all completely publicised. I was mid-divorce at that point, right? Like mid all the hideous legal battles. It's really difficult as well doing that. Not doing that anyway is difficult, but doing that publicly as well because you're such oh, a well, face that we all know. To there's no way that that's not going to get out, and that's really difficult. It must be hard yeah. to deal with that. One of the hardest parts is just trying to make sure it doesn't go public because mm. I'm on stage, I'm busy. I don't want my kids yeah. having their mates. Te- that's all I ever care about with things going public is what will my kids say? What, you know. You've got That's twins, so, you? Is it twin girls? I've got twin got? girls. They are 15. Oh, my and God. And I'll tell... Shall I say something exciting? And then I will go back to what I was saying. But this is, like, a proper exclusive. I can't say what it is. This is a full-on ah! exclusive. My baby, who is 15... Oh. So I've got Jamie and Maya. Maya is deaf and has a cochlear implant. Um, she is almost profoundly deaf. Yeah. And but she's been at drama school because we implanted her. Her speech is incredible. She loves her implant. She can hear when it's turned on. Wow. She is going. I can't say too much, but I'm going with her to isolate somewhere out of the country in a couple of weeks where she is going to start filming a lead role (gasps) in a quite a big drama. Wow. That's all I can really say. But she's there for 12 weeks on oh her own. Oh my goodness. So I'm going to settle her in, but this is, it. she's amazing. And it's uh, it's the fact that she's deaf. That's Has nothing to do with, yeah, nothing to do with the casting. So did she have, um, Did when did she get her implants? How old was she when, when she got her implants? She was seven, but she was born partially deaf, but became more and more deaf wow. as she got older. And by the time she was seven, one of her ears was profound and one had a tiny bit, which we still use a hearing aid in that ear. So we implant her and she says to me all the time, thank you, mummy, for doing that. Because it just goes to show she's now speaking beautifully, so much so that she's just been cast as a lead in a drama. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's um, but that's so exciting. You must be like beaming. I am. I am like super proud mummy of the year. Um, but weirdly, our dates, so back to hairspray, our dates are exactly the same. Of course. She, as soon that's... as she starts, uh, isn't that of unreal? <laughs> so I start rehearsals, she starts filming, she finishes, I finish. Oh. I know. So, so are you going to get any time to, well, you're going to settle her in, but then you're going to get any time to be there. I guess not. No, what in it where she is? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm going to be. That's so tough. I know. Well, it's it's one thing I want to talk to you about. I mean, we may as well talk to, about it now. Is you are a parent of two girls? Oh my gosh! I mean, I've got two boys, so I mean, two girls must be a whole different kettle of fish. Do you know what? And... I think girls are more complicated. At least oh, boys, absolutely. you you get what you get, right? You girls, like. <laughs> Why did you look at me with your left eye and your right eye? Your right eye moved slightly later than your... I mean, they question every little 
micromannerism and they're like what oh what what yeah it's girls they're, they're they're complicated and how have you i mean 15 years you're obviously a pro in it now how have you balanced being a mummy and do what <sighs> doing what we do it's mental i mean it's so hard. it's really it's, difficult do you know what when i was at eastenders it was i did 10 years there and i lived up the road from the studios and it was perfect my kids were at school around the corner so it sort of worked i was never at home but I was never far away. Yeah. And what was weird was when I started doing theatre, they had just finished primary school and just started getting the bus to secondary school. And it was like, I could never have started theatre if they were still at primary school. Yes. I just don't think I could have done it. So mm. it kind of worked really well because by the time I started touring, I knew they were off getting the bus and, you know... more self-sufficient. Yeah. So, but I always think to myself, God, how would I have done that when they were little ones? Yeah. It's really, really hard. And do you get that, do you get that mummy guilt when, you know, you obviously, you want to be there, but obviously when you have to be away working because that's, that's how we support and live in. Absolutely. It's, it's so hard. Story of my life, <laughs> Kerry. It's the story of my life. When I was in the jungle, I had like unbearable guilt like oh my god and they can see me and I'm in Australia so it means they know I'm not there yeah. like it, I, it's just part of I think no matter what you do yeah you get mummy guilt for anything don't you yeah for anything I want I'm gonna this is brilliant I mean it's all going like back back to front this interview, but this is brilliant <laughs> know, yeah, so um no this is great um so so i mean i'm a massive fan of i'm a celeb i absolutely love it i watch it every year you were amazing <laughs> how was that for you because i i mean i think i'd love it i think i'd enjoy the challenge of you know get in there get stuck in brilliant i love anything physical like that anything that frightens me i'm kind of up for yeah but the part for me again going back to when you when you have kids and you're touring or you're working we all have facetime we have the phone and yes you're away but you can still check in with them twice a day whatever you do you know you can see their faces they can see you that for me i think would be the hardest thing is being shut off from from my kids yeah it's it's i mean obviously not to bang on about it but it's only because i've only spoken about it recently add to that that i had a divorce going on and yeah. no one knew about it so i had that and but what's amazing is you kind of get a lot of clarity and because you've got nothing to do mm. nothing you know 24 hours a day you're staring at a palm tree um so i <laughs> So, and the clarity, <laughs> funnily enough, was it's all fine. It's all fine, but I miss my kid. And I I kept saying to, to Emily, funnily enough, I wish I could just FaceTime or just yeah. call my kids. Yeah. That was the one thing, no matter how much I sort of um, gained clarity in there and and meditating. You know, I mean, you don't see how much sitting around happens. The one yeah. thing that was a constant is I miss my kids. I miss my kids. I miss my kids. It's really hard. Yeah. But you're then like next minute you're eating a crocodile's anus and <laughs> like, you forget. <laughs> is it? Is it? I mean, I think. I mean, I think all mummies are superhuman anyway. Just for yeah. giving birth, I think you know it's a, it's a superpower that we all have. And then you rationalise those things like I've got to eat something ridiculous. Was that mentally tough? I mean, you all look so amazing. You all took it. It was such a brilliant year, you guys. I mean, you were you were great. It was an amazing year, wasn't it? 
it was a it, brilliant oh, year. I think that, I mean, Anne freaked out loads, but even Anne managed to overcome her fears, right? She was so strong, though. She was it. amazing. She was so calm with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she started off freaking out. She'll be the first to tell you that she freaked out. But then she started getting into it. And mm. I think the thing is with those trials is you go, you know, you'll understand this. You know, like on an opening night, <laughs> when quite frankly you wish that the theatre would just burn down just so <laughs> nervous I don't know about you but I get yeah. so nervous yeah. and I'm like if the theatre burnt down now I'd be happy so <laughs> but then you go on stage and it's almost like a white knuckle ride that first it, show exactly right it. mm. it's that sort of feeling in the jungle when you just go I've just got to uh, I've just got to do it take so, that first step yeah and you just do it because you've got no other choice. That's what's happening. And it's a it's just a white knuckle ride. But then you start to get used to it as the days yeah. go on. Yeah. Would you do it again? In a heartbeat. Really? Yeah, but I definitely, definitely snuggle. Snuggle? Snuggle some food in. Snuggle. <laughs> <laughs> the hunger, the hunger is really ill. Is it? Oh, I think yeah. I quite enjoy the diet, if I'm honest. I it's, quite enjoy losing a few pounds. Honestly, it's I've never known anything like it with the hunger honestly really? never known anything like it yeah like when people go do you think you're really that hungry yeah you're it is yeah. just painful that's the only bit i definitely would i'd say to anyone listening if you're if you're doing the jungle smuggle, smuggle. yeah definitely <laughs> do, what was your best bit what was your favorite did you enjoy the most in the jungle um god i would say um, there was a day me, James McVeigh and John Barrowman went and we did a quest and we zip wired over like a canyon and we abseiled. Oh my God, yes. yes. And just that to would actually, be amazing. Oh, it was so cool. And to get, and I'm really claustrophobic. I, I made it really clear before I went in and I did um, a challenge where during that quest I had to crawl through very, very narrow caves. Yeah. So I came out of there feeling amazing because I'd done it. Because you'd conquered it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. We got a, and we got a sneaky banana. So that was like <laughs> <laughs> sneaky banana. Oh my god, that's a, that's tough as well because uh, you know we we're all we used to de dealing with adrenaline as well. And the adrenaline that you must be getting on that show as well as the physicality of those things must just run you ragged and that obviously aids to your you know not having enough food and that that's that's really difficult yeah, and, and yeah. do you forget that the cameras are on you or are you always aware um you i think person i guess it depends what sort of person you are i yeah was never able to forget they were there yeah so it's not that i was um like I'm not as you will see from my time in there I couldn't have given a flying one about playing up to the cameras but <laughs> so it's not about playing up some people do um mm. it was more that I just knew they were there all the time and like yeah, I'd open yeah. my eyes in the morning and you'd kind of open your eyes for a second go where am I oh god <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here and there's those cameras you know it's just like can it's you like see a, them can you see can yes you see them? They're everywhere. There's like, I think there's about ninety nine of them. Oh my god! And there's 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 like um in the rocks. There's like and you can see them moving. Oh god! And like following, <laughs> you go come out the toilet and they're like, zzz, zzz, 
like that yeah like it's some crazy. sci-fi film <laughs> oh well we love doing it i mean again i'm an avid fan and it was oh, you were fantastic and i'm you. you know i salute anyone that goes in because i just know it was great to see ruthie go in there this year and kind of fly the flag and john you absolutely. know john's brilliant john's yeah. absolutely brilliant. um i want to i want to go like back earlier in your in your kind of in your early years of where where it came from like where this this spark to entertain where this you know was it there or, or how did it start for you um wow well I started singing when I was about 20 no that's quite well, late yeah so I was always singing but I didn't start singing singing professionally um how do I say this without offending my parents <laughs> <laughs> They might not be listening, I wouldn't worry. No, they're not going to listen to podcasts, are they? I wasn't really... um, I'm trying to be really diplomatic. Um, I found my own way into (laughs) drama classes. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do, Um, yes. Yeah. Um, My brother played piano. By the way, my mum and dad are lovely people, by the way. But my brother played piano. My brother's a solicitor. Um, like a criminal lawyer, I think he does like wow. like hard court. Yeah, is it just and the I, two of you? Just me and my brother. And I um, used to take his piano, and I could like sight. I I could play by ear. Just yeah. And I was like, I want piano lessons, and I was just basically told, no, you're not the musical one. Your brother's the musical one. And so I was never really um, given much. Sounds terrible. Much opportunity to do much as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then, but as I got older, and it was kind of, I was more contemporary. So it was like MTV started. Mm. Um, we had a, a Sky satellite dish really early because my dad worked at Amstrad with my uncle. Oh my yeah. God. Of course, I read so, that. I had no idea. Yeah. That yeah. You're, you're uncle's Lord Sugar. That's, he is. I mean, that, that's a fantastic calling card. <laughs> what, if Just nothing else, uncle. got us a satellite dish, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and so a giant like, computer in those days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> CP45X1. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I was, no one had MTV at school. Yeah. No one. Yeah. And so I was massively into music, massively, very much pop culture. Um, used to go riding out on my bike on my own. Honestly, I used to put on a tutu and take my BMX up to the army. Barracks. I had a BMX. That's because you've got an older brother. I had an yeah, older exactly, brother. Exactly. You get the hand-me-down bikes. Yeah, yeah. So I had the BMX. Why uh, the hell I wore a tutu? I don't know. I love and I'd that. sort of like run monologues from films out loud. I pretend that the wind was. So I obviously had. To do your music videos. Yeah, I did. I used to put my Walkman on and like do walk down the street doing aha, pretending I'm I'm in the video. Brilliant. So this was like my only um, outlet at this point because I didn't go to any classes. I didn't, but there was something in me that wanted to sing and dance and act and and replicate whatever I was hearing. Anyway, blah, blah, boring. So I leave school at 16 and asked to leave school at 16. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I'm a nightmare and, and they literally were like please don't stay on oh. and I was like fine I don't need you anyway 
We'll be right back with Rita in just a moment, but I must tell you about another helpful sponsor we have for this episode called Me Winchmore Hill, which is a clothing brand, an online clothing brand. They also have a store up in Winchmore Hill, so if you're in the area, go and check them out. Their website is www.mewinchmorehill.com. They're also on Instagram, me underscore Winchmore underscore Hill check them out they've got some gorgeous bright colors some amazing jumpers dresses really easy casual but fun clothes to wear i've got some amazing jumpers go check them out okay back to the episode don't you think it's hard though like for people with i mean i find this my sons have big personalities and i think i think schools some schools not all schools are still in in a very dated society where they just don't know how to deal with personalities and Absolutely. and it's a shame that they can't just you know everybody yeah. learns differently and every and with society now it's different what we need from from kids it's different what we need from people and it's more about how you can interact with people how you can communicate with people that is so important and ironically the younger generation are finding that difficult because of their yeah. phones and bits and pieces yeah. so I, it's yeah. a shame that they can't well, I like, find people's strengths and embrace it and go great. Yeah. Go and do something creative. Go and do whatever. I it is. could and not s- agree more. And I've talked about this before because I was that kid. I I was I was too creative to sit and listen about Pythagoras. Right, yeah, I just yeah. did not want to. And yeah, and my kids are so. I mean, Jamie, my other twin is so smart it, she's top of the set for everything at school right but what i did i moved them schools last year i moved them into a creative art school because yeah. i didn't like the way this is the way i describe it they were teaching well maya was at drama school anyway because she was like born with jazz hands coming out like that. <laughs> 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 and jamie i moved them both to this creative school because the way I see it, and I, it sounds terrible, they're teaching the kids how to be beige. That's what I call it. How to be beige. How to sit and do what you're told. And, and I get it. We all need to to fall into line. But they weren't allowed to have any creativity at all. And, mm-hmm. and I couldn't learn like that. And my kids are now at a school where they study. They do all of the science, the maths, the, you know, but they're doing makeup professional makeup Mm. they're doing it's a screen art school they're doing dance they're doing drama they're doing art they're doing sociology they're I mean Jamie is like reading eating books on Achilles and philosophy and right but because they're in this new environment all the kids have blue hair pink hair green hair like they're allowed to entirely express themselves themselves. as long as they wear the uniform they can have whatever nonsense on there right and that to me is how if they just allow the kids sit down and i my kids do they learn so much more there because they're allowed to be creative to just be yeah Mm, that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah so sorry back to you you came out of school 16 oh yeah my boring story right okay so (laughs) i came out of school at 16 it's boring because i'm leaving out all the illegal bits so I got in so much trouble. It was amazing, but that's for a late night podcast. (laughs) So I came out of school at 16. Honestly, like, what am I going to do? I was really, really naughty. I was a proper naughty, naughty girl. 
So, I, and, and I just needed, I think it was fate, right? I went to the local college and I promise you I went, that looks good. I'm going to do, do theatre studies A-level. Anyway, I told my mum, she was like, oh, what's she doing now? And I went to college. My first day, I'm like, I'm reading Chekhov. I'm reading about Stanislavski. I'm reading about Brecht. I'm, I'm, I'm doing Romeo and Juliet. I'm doing... I, my mum was like, who is this child? Wow. I just loved it. I loved it. I completely knuckled down. I did my A-level and then I went on to drama school. Um, Where did you go? Well, I went to a local drama school and then I got accepted into Aura, the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts. And they were amazing. They offered me a three-year, no audition. Um, it's called a what's it called? A condition, non, unconditional acceptance, where oh. you don't have to audition for three more years. In the meantime, I, I, if you're going to sleep, you can edit this all out. So, in the meantime, <laughs> I'm finishing my first stint at drama school. I'm about to go to Aura and. I get offered a job in a band with this I, little boy called Duncan James. Well, we spoke about this. <laughs> and that's why I was like, oh my God, I need to speak to Rita. He, he dabbled, he mentioned about, about your girl band. And I was like, uh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes so, so much sense though. Exactly. So, and that's why I would, like I was saying, I was always a bit more um, in the pop world before mm. I got into theatre because that was my, my kind of foundations were all in pop music. So me and Dunk became the best of friends, still are, however many years later to this day. Um, did that, did that. Anyway, I kept thinking, I'll go back to drama school. I'll go back 10 years later. I'm now in about my 50th band. Yeah. I, I was in a girl band. I was in this band. I did session work. I did backing vocals. I did this. Da, 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 da. Then I got pregnant with twins. Then I went back to drama school to... <laughs> The, what's it called in Covent Garden? The Actors Centre? Oh, the Actors Centre. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was pregnant, so I just was kind of dropping in. Um, then well, you learn so much on your jobs, though, don't you? I mean, even in that, from you leaving and, you know, joining drama school, trying out for bands, auditioning for bands, absolutely. doing your... You're, that's an education in itself. And it, it, I think right the way through, especially Completely. our you're constantly learning you learn on every job every, everything yeah. brings up something new that you yeah it's an education in itself but I, I would say that the everything I've learned in my entire career has been learned on the job there's mm, nothing yeah. that I've really learned that's ever been of any use that I learned at <laughs> drama school right yes I can talk to you about Stanislavski yes I can talk to you about uh Romeo and Juliet but the day-to-day -day workings of everything mm. in a theatre or on set or in a studio you learn absolutely don't you on mm. on the job on you the learn job, it like yeah. this by going oh yeah I know what that means what does that yeah, mean yeah I got it <laughs> <laughs> I know what's going on no idea <laughs> what what was that abbreviation so so oh so no okay so now I'm pregnant I'm at the back at drama school I then was like this this singing nonsense has got to stop I've got two kids even though I did do a, a, another band whilst pregnant and gigs whilst pregnant I was like okay this is and it was smoky in the clubs back in that mm, in those days yeah. and I was like I've got to stop this all of a sudden kids are 18 months old EastEnders comes up obviously that was a life changer 
from um, nowhere as well because this you'd not this is no telly before this is this this is bits. the first time you've done well like... bits and pieces nothing major um dream team mile high oh, yeah, 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 that, that. right where i think everyone kind of starts so yeah did bits and pieces of that yeah exactly and then this big role comes out of nowhere and did you know you were going to be did you know you're going in as a regular or did they kind of say right come in do a couple of months and see how you get on or did you know how, yes. what you what you were going into yeah i did but it took four weeks for sam and i to find out we had the roles so it was like four weeks of like wow. absolute anxiety while oh. we kept coming in to read but what was funny was sam and i kept ending up together in yeah. these readings they'd switch us all around and i was like mm, i like this her. is sam womack for those of you yes and who's the most beautiful person in the world who's stunning just the most gorgeous lovely lady and she is i bet she was just a dream when you when you oh. got to had you met her before no never met her before and i have to tell you we clicked immediately mm. and again to this day she's literally one of my best friends and she there was a room full of Roxy's, right, and Ronnie's, a room full of them, and there was a lot of sort of preening going on, a lot of lipstick, a lot of hair, a lot of spray, <laughs> and I was like, sat in the corner with my script, thinking, I've got to, I've got to be off page in there. I've got this all up. That's all, mm. and there was one other person doing the same, and we kind of both looked up from our scripts and caught each other's eyes, and gave each other a little smile and back down. And then when I saw her in the reading with me and vice versa, we were both like, uh, hello. And it kind of grew from there. And then we found out we had it. And honestly, we've been inseparable ever since, really. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And how, how has that journey been for you? Because that literally launched you. I mean, I guess with the pop side, you know, you're kind of ready for that uh exposure in a sense but yeah. then you get it in a very different way because suddenly yeah. you're on prime time Saturday, you know it, like weekly television yeah you're everybody knows you as roxy that's that you know that's it that you yeah. are there you and and they still do know me as like how many years yeah. i've been gone four years and people yeah. still just people actually think my name is roxy <laughs> it's just insane um oh it was it was weird because the band, yes, the band gave the bands because some of them did did quite well. Um, the bands gave me like a rehearsal for the EastEnders publicity. The band was mm. nothing in comparison. Yeah, EastEnders was oh my god. One day I could go to Tesco's, and the next day I could not. Like in mm. the in the heyday of Ronnie and Roxy. If me and Sam went out together, it was crazy. It was completely <laughs> crazy. Um, and still to this day, nowhere near as bad. It was it was pretty full on. I still get it, but now I get to wear a mask. And it's fabulous. <laughs> so thank God for masks. I mean, <laughs> COVID masks are a good thing. Yeah, like honestly. To get people out. Never loved a mask more. Um, but then I speak through the mask and there'll mm. a lot of people will say, I know that voice. Yeah, yeah. It's just nuts, absolutely nuts. But no, nothing can prepare you, honestly, for... I remember David Essex coming in to EastEnders, who, when my mum found out, she kept used to phone me constantly at work and scream. And he said, wow, 
the type of attention you get here is like nothing I've ever known. And I have known attention. It's a very different type of yeah. attention. And it's very, mm -hmm. because people really believe your your character. That person, yeah. 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 I mean, Sam got a load of grief because she murdered a baby. I mean, come on, it's not that bad. Um, she, <laughs> <laughs> she murdered well, a baby. Well, people forget it's a story, though, don't they? Because it's yeah. every day. It's it's real life to people, yeah. isn't it? It's part of their, you're in oh, their no, living room. She didn't murder a baby, my bad. She swapped a, her dead baby with a live baby. But she That's got, like, at baby grief. murderer shouted at her in the street. Yeah. It's brutal, isn't it? It is brutal. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be a certain type of person to to be able to deal with that and to deal with that stress and that pressure that's that's really tough so when when you came out of eastenders do you was it a, was it a choice to kind of go right 10 years i'm done or was it like this is the end of your character you know it's time it's time for her it was it wasn't my choice but it, sam and i had both said for about god i'd say at least three years before we went I was really like, I've got to go. I've got to do spread my else. wings. Yeah, like yeah. I've got to do. I love my music and, but let's be it's honest. Hard when it's comfortable as well. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous reliable. Job. Yeah, yeah. You're getting paid. I live around the corner. I mean, it talk about security in a very insecure profession that we're yes. in, right? So how do you walk away from a regular as an actor job, yeah, right? Very difficult. Um. And I used to toy with it and toy with it and talk to my agent about it. And then I'd get renewed again. My contract would get renewed. Oh, oh all right, I'll do another year. They didn't know any of this. Mm. And then one day I just got called up to the office by the new boss who had taken over. And he was like, we're not renewing you. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, okay, am I going to die? And he was like, <laughs> oh, we, no. think, we think so, yes. And I think that my jaw was like on the floor. You could have fit a whale in there. It. I, I don't think I knew what to say. Like, there is so much that goes through 10 years, right? Yeah. Of playing a character. And however, it's so funny because I'm Probably so... good closure. Honestly, I'm so glad Yeah. I did it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't my choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Took it out of my hands. And I did get to go and spread my wings. And I did get to go and... You've like, got to do musicals. Yeah. <laughs> so you then you did you did legally. I want to talk to you about legally because yeah. um suddenly you go into a, a big touring show that's um you know a great character to play. We played Paulette, didn't we? Oh my god, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty, I'm gutted I didn't see you because I mean I did see that show in town and I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it must have just been so much so much fun and uh, to suddenly. And, and also those people that have loved you on the telly for years kept coming to see you and enjoying yeah, you playing yeah. something else. How, how was it? Was it oh, great? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, when I left EastEnders, my agent said, um, you've been offered legally. Because I was at a birthday party at Paul Hendy, Evolution. Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. I was at Paul Hendy's birthday party. Paul said to me, Rita, Rita, get up and sing. And I was like, oh, no, Paul, leave me alone, leave it out get up, get up, get up. And eventually I was like, mm, fine, I'll get up and sing. And Martin Dodd was in the audience, who wow. is the UK Productions boss man. The dude. Literally got a phone call the next day and he was like, Martin saw you sing. Do you want to do Paulette? 
And what's so funny is I said to my agent, I don't want to do theatre. No, I'm not like that. It's not me. I'm not like that. Poncy, I'm not doing theatre. And he was like, you are going to be brilliant, trust me. And I promise you, I had to have my arm twisted because I thought I wasn't for theatre. I don't know why. Got on to the Legally Tour, absolutely had a ball. Loved yeah. it. Wouldn't have changed it for the world. And here I am back in theatre. I mean, in, in theatre and loving it. And so glad I didn't turn it down because I'd never have known what I was missing. And then you went, you did, you then did Jamie for a little while. Did yeah, you did Jamie I did. Town for a bit? I did, I did legally. Then I went off and did a play for six months, touring. Then, oh, I can't remember, it was like Panto, in between Panto, in between Panto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I did Jamie in the Apollo. Yeah. Was that your West End debut? Was that yeah. your moment? Talk about How wanting was that? to burn down on that night. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted. Um, <laughs> I loved doing Jamie so much. Great show, isn't it? Can't even begin to tell you what fun that show was. Literally, I mean, if anyone's not seen it, it is the most uplifting, isn't it? Just joyous yeah. show. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I did Jamie. And then, finally... We're waiting, we're waiting for Hairspray. We're waiting. <laughs> I know. So, so, Hairspray started three days of rehearsal um three days of rehearsal and cut you're on covid break for brutal. a year yeah brutal yeah so brutal but everybody is kind of coming back to do it michael lovely marisha you've got an amazing cast of people and oh, it, at I paul think, merton yes amazing it's, cast it's gonna be brilliant everyone's yeah. gonna be really excited to see it um and i can't wait i, I love it you've um it, you've spoken about like anxiety and stuff um and you've openly and i mean i think it comes hand in hand with what we do i really do i think it's everybody goes through it at some point um have has there been any moments that have been really like i mean you've you've gone through some pretty epic things <laughs> there, and you've shared them very very graciously <laughs> has there been a moment that's been a lot tougher than the rest like a real low point and if there was what was it and how did you deal with it and how did you move on well honestly and I really did talk about this pub very publicly very recently I had I mean yes I, I suffer with anxiety I will always suffer with anxiety I will always be nervous before every show you know I could do all the therapy talk and tell you it's the way you react to it that so you'll never get rid of your anxiety, but the way we react to our anxiety has to change and then it makes it manageable. Mm -hmm. So my my lowest, lowest point was going through quite a, a dragged out divorce privately um, and having to go on stage. Honestly, I would, it, I went on for so long as well. It was like awful letters from solicitors and and it's not, not, me and Theo are really amicable, we're friends, but you, you'll never ever get divorced and it be pleasant. No. It, just, it isn't pleasant. It isn't pleasant talking to your spouse mm. in this business-like cold manner. It's horrible. And mm. talking about finances and children and it's just so cold and clinical. So 
And I am a really, as we all are, Kerry, a sen- I'm a really sensitive person yeah. and and I'm an anxious person. So it killed me. It killed me. Anyway, I, I basically had a nervous breakdown because I was going onto stage and going, mm. da-da! And I honestly would come off stage and just run to my dressing room and sob and respond yeah. to the latest solicitor's letter or whatever and then put my phone away and come back on stage and and this how i survived jamie and but what's so funny well you asked like how i survived and what's funny is the way i survived was i i got a little bit of joy for a few minutes each time i came back on stage with my lovely gorgeous beautiful cast who i just adored all of the guys in jamie and and it was like such an escape to just get back on stage and do a big song and be stupid mm-hmm. before I had to go back to real life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, um, absolutely. So weirdly, the shows that that were kind of making me ill alongside a divorce were the things that saved me because yeah, yeah. it gave me a little bit of breathing space to go on stage and be just act an idiot. Absolutely, absolutely. It's interesting because, you know, lots of people talk about stage fright, anxiety, you know, um, the highs and the lows of theatre. You know, you get, you're on this massive high, you become this unconventional family, you all fall in love with each other and then you're ripped away. And yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. But you're, yeah. you've hit it on the head because it's the, that, that moment of joy that you share that moment with all those people on that stage you can't explain it to people it's a moment in time and it's yeah. it's magical yeah and that's why we do it we have to get over all that anxiety and all that yeah. stuff to get us on the stage but Absolutely. once we're there it's bliss it's it's heaven and the thing um, is like the anxiety as well just to add because all of that you know my miserable story that i just told aside anxiety is so real and i do get terrible oh my god and sometimes mm-hmm. i bet you've had this the old I'm not here on stage moment where you feel like you're not there, right? And it's the most out of control feeling. It's weird. But all of, you know, these things that happen to us and the anxiety, and it is, it's horrible. I absolutely wish I didn't have it. I always believe that if people like us didn't have that, we probably wouldn't be creative and love doing what we're doing. It does seem to go hand in hand. hand. And when we can get past it, then we can mm. enjoy that moment on stage. But it is so, I think it's almost universal, isn't it, with performers? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I think as well, the last year of lockdown, lots more people have spoken openly about their struggles. I know, yeah. um, you know, Brian talks about his depression openly and and it's been amazing. That's why our, our song came out at, uh, this year, because it, it was to aid people to go, it's, it's going to be all right. And if we talk about it and if we, there's so many people out there struggling that absolutely don't talk about it. I know. If, you, if those, those, you know, iconic people, um, you know, like yourself and like Brian, you openly talk about it. It really helps lots of other people. So it's, yeah. it's brilliant that you do. Well, I think, first of all, I'm a patron of a charity and I have been for years called No Panic, right? And the reason I work with No Panic and the reason I talk so candidly about Oh, I mean, I could go on for hours about my own. I've got OCD as well. My OCD's kicked off. My husband's got OCD. <laughs> oh, isn't it a joy? It's, it's a fun to live with. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the house is tidy, but he'd rather so... I wasn't in it standing at a jaunty angle. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, 
OCD That's... and premenstrual <laughs> together is pure joy. Pure oh joy. My God. But the, the reason I work with them is because I hate the thought of anyone go I hate if someone comes to me and says they're anxious I am the first person to take them aside and go okay let's talk I, I, it makes me so it makes me more anxious to see someone else anxious so yeah, yeah. and so many people don't talk about it like you've just said they don't, they don't. I think as well because it things like you know if you speak to I don't know graduates or or young students and you say they say how do you deal with nerves and nerves is a part of that anxiety and and it's difficult when we're forced into those audition rooms and you know you're going to be nervous and you, everybody reacts differently and, and it should just be acknowledged. You know, we're all nervous. It's okay. Absolutely. What happens, happens we'll be fine. It's not, it's, yeah. you know, it's okay. If you could go on stage pre-show and just say, guys, off the Coliseum, I'm really <laughs> nervous. Like, it would make everything easier, wouldn't it? Because yeah, that's, it, it just kills the elephant in the room. It does, yeah, it really does. Um, so the other end, uh, what's been what's been the highlight so far? I mean, you've had again, you've had loads of amazing mm. moments, but what's been what's been like a moment that stands out for you? That's been just um, probably I would say Jamie because it was my West End debut, and because before I knew I was doing Jamie, I had been to see Jamie and fell in love with it, so I didn't know I was going to be in it. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing Miss Hedge in her Jimmy Choo's up on the desk dancing and doing the rap. And I have to say, when I got to do that every day, I kind of felt at that point, oh, this is amazing. Like, yeah. how have I managed to be standing in the very spot that I was watching in awe last time? Um, so I'd say Jamie, because it, it, and it means so much to me, that show, and my kids adore it and always have, and it's just a big part of our lives, really. Before I let Rita go, I have to ask her my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back at your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Oh, that's deep, <laughs> Kerry. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> that is hard. Okay, so this is a quote that I have been, I have heard and I always use it on other people and I will tell my 20-year-old self, Rita, I hate to spoil the ending. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, I love that. It's good, I isn't it? That. I say it to my it kids is. all the time. It is. I it hate is. to and spoil the ending. Everything's so going to be fine. It is, and it does. It's like storms come and go, but it does does turn out all right in the end. It's all it good. does. Rita, you've been such a joy. Thank you for sharing your stories and being oh, so open and honest with us and, and dealing with us when you've got builders in the house. I really appreciate it. It's an <laughs> um, absolute pleasure. All the best with Hairspray. I cannot wait to come and see it and, uh, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, gorgeous. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. That is the end of our first episode. Wow, how can that go so fast? It's so good to be back. I honestly am loving it. And if you haven't checked out our first three seasons, if by any chance you missed them, go check them out. You may have seen our masked dancer, Bonnie Langford, on the, on there doing so well. Well, she had a chat with us in season three, so go and check her out. And also the lovely Tamsin Alfate. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Okay, we have amazing uh, guest up for you next week, so tune back in. As for me, I'm off to do a little rehearsal this week. 
I'm going to be performing at the Royal Albert Hall with the best of the West End. 21st of July, I think it is, but I'll tell you all about that next week. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Me Widgmore Hill and Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Go check them out. Go and have a look. Go try one out. Go sit in a hot tub. It's a perfect way to spend an afternoon. Believe me, I have been loving mine and I promise you, you won't regret it. It's just if you go and just dip your toe in. Okay, thank you so much to my lovely producer, Martin. You're just wonderful. Editing me away with my rambling on. <laughs> And of course, thank you to you, the listener. It's been lovely to be back. I can't wait to share my next chat with you next week. So tune in, tell your friends, and don't forget to keep calm and carry on. Bye-bye.